This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Galatians 5, as we're going through the Gospel of Grace, the book of Galatians. And as I read Galatians 5, I'd like, if you would, to listen for the word free or freedom, because it's a theme in the book. Also, the Holy Spirit is a theme in the book from Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Paul, after laying out the theological underpinnings as to why grace and law cannot be mixed and coexist, moves now to the application part of his letter. And he mentions the word free and freedom several times throughout the chapter, as you heard, because Jesus has set us free from the slavery and bondage we had under the law and under Satan. We are free in Christ, and we are to maintain that freedom in Christ. So today we're going to look at the how-tos for doing so. How can we be free and stay free in Christ? First of all, we need to know what being free means. Secondly, we are not to compromise our freedom. Third, we are to have an expectant and loving faith. Fourth, we are to keep obeying the truth. Fifth, we're to lovingly and humbly serve others. And sixthly, we're to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Let's look at these individually. First of all, we need to know what being free means. If we're to be and maintain our freedom in Christ, we need to know what the word free means. Some people in the 60s just wanted to be free. Easy riders wanted to ride in their, on their motorcycles into the sunset. They wanted to be unencumbered. They wanted to not be under the thumb and the hierarchy of society. They wanted to be off the radar. They wanted to be free to be me. And they were searching for themselves. And it's kind of like an onion. If you keep peeling the layers of the onion, you know what's in the middle of an onion? Nothing. And so we are not free to be me. We're not free to do whatever we want. That's not what free means biblically. Biblically, we have been set free from the law in the past, and we're free to be like Christ. We're set free from the law, and we're free to become like Christ. We're free to become fully who God intended us to become like his son, Jesus, in character and in conduct. That's what free means. You are free to actually live out the life that God wants you to live. And so it is a freedom from the law and a freedom to Christ-likeness. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He redeemed us, took us off of the slave block, and set us free. Secondly, don't compromise your freedom. And on this, we should look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1b, which says, Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The key word here is burdened again. The word means to be caught or entangled by. So if you stand firm, you can envision yourself planting your feet firmly and not being pulled or swayed from the right to the right or to the left. You stand firm. Otherwise, you will be burdened. You'll be caught. You'll be entangled 
by a yoke of slavery if you do anything that resembles Jesus plus these religious exercises or um, following rules and regulations thinking you are becoming righteous by these rules or regulations or by observing these holy days, those don't cut it. Your faith needs to be in Jesus alone and as you stand firm in grace alone, by faith alone, in Jesus alone, by the word alone, through the glory of God alone, then you enjoy the freedom to be fully who God wants you to become. But Paul says this very strongly, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. If you don't stand firm, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So you have to stand for Christ or else you'll fall for the lies and the deceptions of the world, including what looks attractive, a set of uh, religious guidelines or uh, truths, um, principles for spirituality that are not honoring to Christ. You are putting Christ aside and you're saying, this system is the system I'm going to follow. And when you do that, you make Christ of no value at all. And if you try to justify yourself by living out uh, the law, you can't pick and choose like a uh, um, smorgasbord. Say, I'm just going to eat the potatoes here and the meat here, but I'm going to skip the vegetables over here. If you go for the smorgasbord, you have to eat the whole thing. And so if you try to obey the law, you can't fulfill just one. You have to fulfill the whole thing, which nobody can do. Christ did it, and he already did it for us. We have his righteousness. Galatians 5.4 says, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Now this verse is often misinterpreted. This is the only place in the Bible where it says, fallen away from grace. Some people think you could fall out of your salvation. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is that if you don't stand firm, if you compromise, you are cutting yourself off. The word here, alienated, means to become disconnected. And fallen away from grace is to cut off the supply of spiritual blessings that are yours in Christ. So in other words, you are disregarding Christ. You're putting him on the shelf and you're trying to live the Christian life in the energy of your own flesh and by your own puny ingenuity. Instead, go to Christ and rely on his grace. Don't justify yourself in any other way except I am saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and he has forgiven me and given me his righteousness and I stand in his righteousness alone. All other ground is sinking sand. And if we are to be free and remain free in Christ, we need to have an expectant and loving faith. Watch this, Galatians 5 5 and 6. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We have the word faith mentioned twice here, and it's an expectant faith, and it's a loving faith. Expectant is that through the Holy Spirit who's in us, when we trusted in Christ, we eagerly, by faith, look forward to the fulfillment of our salvation. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being presently saved from the power of sin. And we will one day be saved from the presence of sin altogether when we're in heaven. And we can't wait. We look forward to heaven. And you should have an expectant faith that Christ can come back at any moment. His return is imminent. And we should say, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come back quickly. And that should buoy up your faith. It should put a spring in your step and a twinkle in your eye because you are energized by thinking of he who began a good work in you being faithful to complete it. Praise God. We're in process and uh, God isn't finished with us yet, but he's making a masterpiece out of our lives. So we should have an expectant faith, but we should have a loving faith. The thing that matters is uh, not whether we um, identify with a religious ritual, but that we have faith in Jesus Christ. And when we have faith in Jesus Christ, we can't help but have love for other people. The Bible says in Romans 5.5, 5, and let me uh, help you remember that, Romans double nickel. If you write down Romans double nickel, you'll never forget this very encouraging word that says, but God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I like the picture that God has poured into my heart as he's poured into your heart as a believer, this reservoir of love. And when you first became a Christian, didn't you have great love for God and great love for everybody? It says that's a sign that you have uh, gone from the kingdom of darkness to the, God's beloved, the kingdom of God's beloved son, that you have love for the brethren. But now, what happens to that reservoir of love? We can get pretty stingy and take the valve and close it. And save that love for us, and we don't share that love with others. God has poured his love into our hearts, and we're to open the valve wide open and let his love flow from our hearts out to other people. Faith works itself, expresses itself in love. When you have faith in Jesus, his love fills your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you want that love to flow out to other people. J. Vernon McGee said he had an obnoxious roommate. And he said to this obnoxious roommate, you prove to me that I'm a Christian. Because this verse says, this is proof that I've gone from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's beloved son, that I have love for the brethren. And even though you're obnoxious, I still love you. And the people who need the most love are the people who are hurting. And they have struggles of their own. And God wants us to express our love to them. You are free 
And you're to keep that freedom by obeying the truth. Notice what Paul writes here. He says, you were running a good race. You were living by faith. You were living by grace. You were focused on Jesus. Who cut in on you? Who's keeping, who, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That's the key. The way to stay on track is obey the truth. Focus on the Word of God. My daughter recently wrote a book. Laura Ortega is her married name, and it's called uh, 30 Day Change in Me. Take something and do it for 30 days, and it'll change your life because it's a habit you establish. In the first chapter, she says, give God the first 30 minutes of your day and see if it doesn't change your life. Do that for 30 days in a row. When you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, the first 30 minutes of today is for you. Spend time in his word, spend time praying, and you tell me if that doesn't change your life. You do that for 30 days, and you keep obeying the truth, it will transform you from the inside out. But what happened here is the Judaizers, the people of the legalistic party who felt you should become a Jew before you become a Christian, which had already been decided at the Jerusalem Council that that's not the case, were trying to persuade them and make them feel guilty. And they were like a little yeast spreading their uh, terrible influence throughout the body of Christ. And Paul saying, I'm confident in the Lord that you're going to hang on to him. And you're not going to take any other view, but you're going to obey the truth. You're going to hang on to the truth. Because the one who's throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, he's going to have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, talking about truth, if I watered down the gospel, Paul is saying, if I preached that you have to do Jesus plus circumcision, then why am I being persecuted? I, I would remove the offense if I preached what other people like to hear and what tickles them, their ears. But the offense of the cross is what's the reason why I'm being persecuted. And I'm not going to compromise the truth of the gospel. I'm going to tell it as it is. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Christ crucified and risen from the dead is my gospel, and I'm going to stick to it. And uh, for these agitators, and he uses sarcasm. Obviously, he's uh, very frustrated and he's uh, sarcastic when he says, may they uh, go all the way in uh, dealing with their own folly. So number five, we are to lovingly and humbly serve others. That is, we are to use our freedom constructively. Galatians 5, 13 to 15 you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself, which is a quote of Leviticus 19.18. So when we lovingly and humbly serve other people, get this, Christ in us is seen and is experienced, and we draw closer to Christ when we lovingly and humbly let him serve other people through us. What did Jesus do knowing that he was going to go to the cross? 
he took off his outer garment and he took a towel and a basin and he washed his disciples' feet. And he said, if I, your teacher, wash your feet, then you are to wash one another's feet. You are to love one another as I have loved you. Each one of us is to be a towel wearer and a basin bearer. Each one of us is to be a towel wearer and a basin bearer in serving and loving one another as Christ has served us and loved us. And can I be honest with you about this? That is where life really is. What's the meaning of life? It's when you give your love away. It's when you serve one another. When you help meet a need that somebody has that you feel genuinely fulfilled and you, your troubles dissipate. Dr. Mayo of Mayo Clinic was asked, what do I do when I struggle with depression? He says, I'll, I have a prescription for that. Go across the crack, uh, tracks to a poor part of town and help someone in need. That's what Dr. Mayo said. And it makes sense. When we humbly serve one another in love, when we keep the royal law of loving our neighbors ourselves, they're blessed, we're blessed, and God is pleased. Recently, I was on a vacation, and I had time to just listen to the Lord, and he gave me this, which I want to share with you, and I think it fits in here perfectly. It was like he was speaking to me. He said, you have been blessed to be a blessing and to leave a blessing. Think about that for a second. God has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing for the purpose of you allowing him to work through you to bless other people. And as you keep on blessing other people, the legacy that you leave is a blessing. And your loved ones and friends say, oh, how he loved, oh, how she cared and helped. She was so Christ-like in the way she made this clothing for us. Remember Tabitha in the Bible? When she died, they held up the clothing that she made and said, look at this, all that she did for us. The point here is we are to serve lovingly and humbly. Galatians 5.15 says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. It's like a contrast, a 180-degree contrast. Here you have someone who lovingly, humbly serves others, and here you have someone who is biting and devouring and is destroying. Their philosophy, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And, uh, and that's terrible because it's uh, do unto others before they do unto you. They've twisted the golden rule. The golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And their rule is you, know, you better get them because they're going to get you. And only the strong survive. And what a terrible attitude. And uh, we're going to see that that's a fleshly attitude as opposed to a spirit-inspired attitude. So finally, walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. There's evidence of what the flesh looks like. There's evidence of what the spirit looks like. And you need to know you belong to Jesus. 
You're under his management, not under the management of your crucified flesh. And since you are going, living by the Spirit, keep in touch with him, keep in line with him. And also know that pride ruins relationships. Very quickly, let's look at these applications. Evidence of the flesh-based life are when a person gives themselves over to the obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. By the way, look at all those, and let me ask you one question. Are those relationship-building expressions, or are they relationship-ruining expressions? Every one of those ends up in disaster in a relationship, right? So if you let the flesh reign, it's going to spoil and ruin your relationships. Worse than that, your relationship with the Lord is in jeopardy. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who continually give themselves to that kind of lifestyle perhaps have not truly received Christ. But evidence of the spirit-filled life is this, and it says, but in contrast, the works of the flesh, you have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's no limit to how much you can express of the character and conduct of Christ as he expresses his life through you by the Holy Spirit. Remember, you belong to Christ, not to crucified flesh, Galatians 5.24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You can say no to the drive to want to be number one. You could say no to pride and selfishness. You can say no to wanting it your way and forcing yourself and your desires on other people. You can be a servant. You can be uh, a loving person. You live by the Spirit, so keep in step with Him. The word here is, since you have an ongoing habitual conduct of relying on the Spirit, why not fine-tune that and keep in line with Him? Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And you are to keep pride from ruining your relationships. So when I look at Galatians 5, I want to share with you a huge uh aha. We as Westerners look at Galatians 5 and we think you and I individually need to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. If you read Galatians 5 in the original Koine Greek, it says we are to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We are to be loving. We as a body of Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ, are to be joyful. We are to be patient one with another. We like to say, I need to grow in this and this and this, No, we need to work it out together. Now, what's the enemy of being loving and being humble? Pride. Pride. And how does pride express itself? 
It either expresses itself in a high and lofty way or in a low and groveling way. And so watch this. Let us not become conceited, proud, provoking or envying each other. When a person's proud, they say, I'm better than you and I'll prove it. That's provoking. But when a person is envious, the person says, you're better than me and I resent you. They're both pride. There's the pride that we normally call proud, the high-minded person, and then there's the pride that's a false pride, a false humility. I'm just a lowly worm, but I hate anybody else who's higher than I am. Pride is at the heart of relationships that break down. We need the Lord's humility, who did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, becoming a servant. And he came to serve, not to be served, but to give his life as a ransom for many. Praise God for Jesus. So here you have it. How can you be free in Christ? How can you stay free in Christ? Know that freedom is you're free from the law, you're free to become like Christ. Stand firm in your freedom. Don't compromise it. Don't go back to bondage and slavery. Don't let it catch you or entangle you. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.